This is episode number 395 with Dr. Jennifer Florini. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Guess what, my friends? My third physical book, Comparisonitis, How to Stop Comparing Yourself to Others and Be Genuinely Happy is out right now. I am so excited and I cannot wait for you to read it. Honestly, I could not be more proud of Comparisonitis. Number one, New York Times best-selling author, and social media sensation Jay Shetty said, Never before has a book been more needed. Future generations will thank Melissa for shining a spotlight on comparisonitis. And multiple New York Times bestselling author Gabby Bernstein said, Since Melissa refers to people who have recovered from comparisonitis as unicorns, I suppose that makes this book a sort of unicorn training manual. I'm so grateful that such a manual has arrived. It's been infinitely helpful to me. My hope is that the same holds true for you. If you want to finally free yourself from comparison, fall madly in love with yourself and experience genuine deep happiness like never before, this book is for you. If you want to be a better friend, partner, parent, family member, colleague or human, If you want to experience genuine happiness, have more energy to go after the things that truly matter to you. If you want to free yourself from expectations, unleash your creativity, feel more liberated than you've ever felt before in your life, be free to live your life for you and no one else, feel peace deep from within, truly appreciate your body and your life, experience a radical shift towards authenticity, and unleash the courage to go after your dreams, then head to comparisonitis.com and get your copy and all my awesome extra goodies that I've created for you for free. Not only do you get the book, you will get the official Comparisonitis workbook, a gorgeous Comparisonitis wallpaper for your phone, my ebook, How to Create a Soul-Expanding Comparisonitis Book Club, Not one, but two of my brand new 8D Zentone Advanced Brainwave Technology Meditations, which will give you one hour of meditation in just 11 minutes, plus two never-been-heard-or-released-before interviews with global spiritual thought leaders. Just head to comparisonitis.com and please share the book on social media and tell me your top takeaways. I cannot wait for you to read this book. Dr. Jen is a best-selling, award-winning author and chiropractor. Over half a million parents, practitioners, and students, including me, have read her thought-provoking book, Well-Adjusted Babies. As a mother of four boys, she has become an authentic guide for couples and families. She speaks around the world on common-sense approaches to health, pregnancy, and parenting. Through her travel, work, and research, Jen has spent time with and learned from some of the greatest minds of our time. 
Her career has been dedicated to encouraging the health literacy of parents. She has been awarded Victorian and Australian Chiropractor of the Year and International Woman Chiropractor of the Year. More recently, she received international awards for Outstanding Service to Chiropractic and the Being of Light Humanitarian Award. Jen's work is thought-provoking and encourages parents to define their own health culture. And in today's episode, we chat about her journey to becoming a best-selling author and helping hundreds of parents around the world, the power of intention and how she manifested her dream life into reality, the absolutely crucial question to ask your body before becoming a parent, why it's important to get healthy now if you want to have a family in the future, how to be a mindful, toxic-free host for your baby during pregnancy and beyond. We talk about inflammation in the body and how to heal it. We also talk about chiropractic work and the other secret weapons to enhance your health. And finally, we chat about her game-changing approach to raising children with effective communication, information, and loads of love. And for everything that Jen and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 395. And now let's bring on the beautiful Dr. Jennifer Florini. Beautiful Jennifer, I am so excited to have you here, my love. It's been a long time coming. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh, well, it's not a typical morning. I was trying to get ready for this and the boys out the door. So I've honestly just had half a banana, which is very unlike me, and herbal tea. But normally it's, you know, some kind of veg with eggs and avocado, some... Brain fuel. Yeah, I'm obsessed with avocado. I just love it. It's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of fits every diet regime, doesn't it? It fits in there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, for everyone listening, you will have heard my news last week, which is very exciting that I am pregnant. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go and listen to it. It's such a great episode. But before I was pregnant, I actually read this mammoth book of yours. It is truly a Bible. It's a real game changer for so many people. So tell us your story, how you got to where you are today, how you created these incredible books and programs. How did this all unfold for you? (laughs) Sure. Firstly, congratulations again. It's so exciting. Oh, and, it's the best. Um, it is, it is. And, you know, of all the gifts in my life, honestly, my boys are just, they're magnificent. And do you know what, Melissa, prior to becoming pregnant, I was not clucky at all. I would be adjusting babies and children and, you know, sort of thought, yeah, one day, one day. And then as soon as I became pregnant, everything just switched. So it is quite remarkable how we as women change so but so basically I am trained as a chiropractor I've done a lot of work with pediatrics learning how to care for babies prenatal antenatal care nutrition a lot of those things on my journey but I was incredibly blessed and I think there's some synchronicity in the work that you do and my upbringing because I was really Raised at a time when my parents went from being both working within the medical model, 
my mum was a nurse, my dad was a radiographer, you know, both in the hospitals. And I was their sixth child and they'd had a major life change just before that and had moved to Canada. My dad trained as a chiropractor. And so I really grew up in this household where my parents were students. They were asking so many questions about nutrition and diet and lifestyle. So I had that from a young age. And the real beauty was I was taken along to so many different seminars and personal development. And I know that's a big gift that you bring to the world is reminding us all how important that is. So I was kind of like this poster child really for personal development. I had from the youngest age, this whole list of goals. And it's just so compelling to the universe when we do that. And when we encourage our children from a young age to know that they have a blueprint, they have a purpose for their life and to just get really clear on what they're moving towards. So for me, in answer to where I am now, I feel like I'm at this juxtaposition because from about eight, Melissa, I wanted to be a chiropractor because I grew up in this massive family of chiropractors. I wanted to be the first female chiropractor. Then I wanted to be an author. As a child, I think I thought I'd write, you know, fiction or something, but the universe always has a better plan. And I wanted to have four boys and we have four boys. So I'm a chiropractor and author, wanted to have four boys. I wanted to marry a chiropractor who was half Italian. My husband, Simon, is half Italian. I don't know where the half Italian thing came from. I wanted to adjust celebrities and that's something that I've done a lot in my travels. Again, it's really compelling and there's more to that which we'll get into later, but I wanted to speak on stages with a lot of my mentors. So Really, I've been blessed to have a focus and tick off this process, which is a testimony to so much of what you do and the gift that your books are. And yet, I think a distinction is the difference between sometimes we think, oh, we want to have significance in the world. And I think you and I are both really clear. Significance is really different to a purpose-led life. And significance for some people is they've got it in their blood. They were born into the right family. They want to be massive on social media and they produce one product. They have a strength that they bring to the world and they have significance from that. And a distinction for me that I try and encourage my boys with is that a purpose-led life has to have longevity. And there are times where you might sink into the shadows and you reassess and you rebuild your fortitude, but it's always about your values and what you think your unique gifts are and how you're bringing them to the world. So long story short, I think that kind of upbringing, Melissa, has meant that I've really tried to live my life by my values, which I think is something that's really palpable to my readers or to parents because there have been times where I've stepped back from practice and have focused on raising our boys. And one thing that I say a lot is you can't raise your children twice. So for me, I felt so torn in running a busy family practice, raising boys and wanting to be writing and and just felt like I was running thin. And so I reassessed my values. I put the boys first because they were so little and I really wanted to do a good job. And so as it works out, again, that's the way that the universe supports me. And then in that time, I wrote these books, which have had a life of their own. I haven't been in the position a lot of the times with breastfeeding babies and all those things to do a lot of PR or interviews. But honestly, the universe has put this content out into the world and they've done remarkably well. So that's kind of 
where I've been, that whole trying to use those gifts, be really authentic about it. And the blessing of that is now my boys are, the eldest is 20. He's in Barcelona studying. Our next one's going off there in a month's time to study. And then a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. So things are good. Lots of change on the horizon, but it's been an amazing journey so far. You are one powerful manifester. I just want to say that. You literally have manifested your dream life. And that's the power of intention and getting crystal clear with, I talk about this so much, you've got to get crystal clear on what it is that you actually want. You wanted to marry a chiropractor half Italian. You married a chiropractor half Italian. You are so specific with what it is that you have wanted to create. And I talk about this so much. That's where a lot of people feel stuck and feel like, why isn't this happening for me? Why aren't I manifesting what it is that I want in my health or my career or my relationships? And it's because most of the time they haven't got crystal clear on what it is that they actually want. So I love how clear you are. And from such a young age, you were born into this world of growth with that growth mindset. And I think that is such a gift. And what a beautiful thing to do. I wasn't born into that sort of environment, although Nick and I are like that now. And Leo, who's my stepson, who's 14, he has grown up in an environment similar to what you grew up into, where we're always questioning things, we're always growing, we're always learning, and we will be forever because that's why we're here. And when our child, and maybe if we have more, they'll grow up in that same environment as well. And I think it's such a beautiful thing for any parent listening, or maybe you want to be parents one day in the future, that growth mindset is so important. Always be a student for life because those skills are just going to empower your children to also have that curiosity and that growth mindset. So awesome on your manifesting skills. Well done. Well done, you. Your book, Well-Adjusted Babies, like I said, it is a mammoth. It is a brick. It's huge, but it is incredible. And it is a Bible for so many women. I had so many of my pregnant girlfriends before I was even pregnant, they would talk about this book. So I've heard about your book for years before children was even on the cards for me, you know, before it was in my vortex. That's what I mean. And so it's always been there. And I always have known, I'm going to read that one day. I'm going to read that one day. And it's truly amazing. And I want to talk to you about what are some of the things we need to consider before we have babies? What are some of the key things we need to look at or address or just think about? Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a big question, isn't it? And so pertinent right now with everything that's going on. And I think every woman if they're in a relationship, every couple then who's thinking of getting pregnant, who wants to have a baby, they want to have a healthy, robust, thriving child. And they deserve to, and our children deserve to be healthy and happy. And one of the blessings I think for where I am now in my life is I get to work with children who are compromised mentally or physically a lot of the time. And 
yet I've had this experience here with my own children and being pregnant. And so probably for the last 10 years at least, I have been piecing together the dots of what's happening for our children today. And if we look at even some of the statistics, Melissa, we have one in six children with a neurodevelopmental delay. We've got one in two with allergies, one in four with asthma, one in 10 have diabetes or they're overweight or they have obesity. We have, you know, 1,500 different autoimmune diseases. One in nine children is on antidepressants. They are just mentally struggling. So when I know what a passionate mum I am myself and I look at my children and I look at their friends and I look at how they are struggling, I'm trying to work out what the differences are because I can't tell you how many times people have said to me when they don't know a lot about what I do, you know, it might have been a mum at the kinder or the school and she's like, your kids are always so healthy. Your kids look so healthy. They're never sick. Or girlfriends would say, can I borrow Arlo to come round because he's such a good eater and he always gets my kids to eat? <laughs> and beautiful confirmations. And yet at the same time, because I have that real inquiring mind, it's always been what's the distinction? What are the differences between a child who's really healthy and confident in their health and their mental health, knowing that my, some of my children are older now? What is the difference? And so if we look at those statistics on how kids are struggling today and then go back to your question of what's really important to do before getting pregnant, one of the things that I'm working on at the moment and I'm excited about launching soon is this whole well-adjusted beginning because it's just so integral to me to share this information of the decisions that we make before pregnancy and during pregnancy and how that plays out for our children's health. And so sometimes because of the health system that we're all in these days, which isn't really a healthcare system, it's very sickness-based, we tend to reduce things down and we only think about one particular thing. We have headaches. We tend to just take a Band-Aid approach and we take Panadol for that and we get rid of the headache and we think that we're fine. If we've got lower back pain or if we've got period pain, we take some kind of pill or potion for that. And so we have that mindset of a Band-Aid approach to health, whereas it's incredibly important prior to getting pregnant to start to really assess where are you at and where is your partner at? Because gone are the days of a few decades ago where we'd just go on a a multivitamin. Even 10 years ago, that was the big advice. And we can touch on that later of what are the myths with a multivitamin these days and what do you actually need? Because sometimes they're counteractive, you know, for what we need. But it's assessing where you're at individually and as a couple. Because, Melissa, there's also this confusion around if a couple can get pregnant but she then miscarries most of the time the men tend to think and the couple think well it must be a female issue because Mm. he can get her pregnant and a big big problem we have today is oxidative stress which is where our cells and the dna get damaged from toxins in our environment and so the body is always working towards order It doesn't make mistakes. And so even if you can get pregnant and then later, a few weeks later, you have a miscarriage, there's a reason for that. And so those cells are not as healthy as they need to be. So looking at both of you where you're at health-wise, and I think it's one of the things I like to talk about is 
a lot of us, I mean, you excluded because you've been focusing on your health for a long, long time. But if you think about most people, they're really out of tune with their body. And so if we use women as an example, I ask them and encourage them to look at their digestion. Have they got tummy bloating? Do they feel like they're reacting to different foods? Or do they feel like their diet's supporting them and they're thriving? What's their period like? If they've got premenstrual tension like a possessed woman, that's not normal. It's common, but it doesn't mean that your body's in balance and those hormones can be all skewed. If your period's short, if it's long, if you just have all of those different hormone regularities, let's tune into that. Let's ask why. And the same with your sleep. If your sleep is broken, different times that you wake up, getting in tune with that, and then your stress levels. So I really think it's important prior to having a baby, assess where you're at and what needs to happen. Because the thing is, Melissa, you know, if we look at those statistics of what's happening with our kids, what's the biggest thing that's changed? If we actually sit and examine that. And so a great example would be if we looked at a lake system that was all sort of self-contained, but all the fish started to get cancerous tumours or they started to die. The biologists don't go in there with drugs and radiation and they don't cut out the tumours. They start asking questions and they consider what's changed in that environment to move it out of balance, to move it out of harmony. And so if we do the same thing with our kids and consider how their environment has massively changed these days, And there's different components to that. You know, we've compromised their microbiome. We're turning on genes and turning off genes from our decisions, the decisions of our parents and grandparents. And there's these different components. And it's a slippery slope for a lot of kids. But what I love and why I love what I do is because I believe that no matter where you're at, we can always recreate order in the body. And so even if you're pregnant listening to this and sort of thinking, oh, you know, what does that mean for me? We can go through some of that. If you have a child and you're listening to this, I just encourage you to consider if they have earaches, if they have tonsillitis, there's a reason. It's not just that they need grommets. There's a reason that those ear tubes are blocked. And so one of the best things we can do as a couple considering getting pregnant is just to get back in tune with our body and start asking really good questions. And that serves us so well then as parents. Absolutely. Instead of having that Band-Aid approach, asking, well, why? Why is there that allergy? Why is there that ear infection? And this is where we need to go now. It's like, why? Why is this happening? Why do I have bloating? Why do I have extreme period pain? No matter where you're at in your health journey, ask why. And then seek out holistic practitioners who want to help you get to the root cause of it, as opposed to just prescribing you some antibiotics or something like that, which is very much how I grew up. My mum was a nurse. She still is a nurse. And there was a pill or a potion for everything. And there was never asking of those questions. I had severe eczema as a child, severe all over my body. And there was never the, why is that happening? It was just, that's just who Melissa is. And it became part of my identity as a child and something I had to really work on in my early 20s to let go of that story and that identity that I'd created around 
the girl with the eczema, you know, that sort of thing. It really did affect my confidence. I had it all over my face, all over my arms. It was really stressful for me. And it's one of those things you don't want to stress about it because that makes it worse, but you're looking at it and you're stressing. So it's like this vicious cycle. I love that. We've got to ask these deeper questions as to why. Why do I have the bloating, the hormonal issues, the acne, the kid with the allergy? Why, 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 why? This is where we need to go and to seek a practitioner who can really support us on that journey to getting to the root cause of it and then thriving from that place, which is what you do and which is what I love so much. Sometimes, Melissa, that can bring up an element of guilt or nervousness with parents. And, you know, I work with couples all along the different timeline. And if I can just say, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I consider those things for my child or other couples who are sort of stuck in that guilt mode of different decisions they've made? We're all in this together. I've made mistakes. There's things I rushed into that I didn't question. But my point is we serve our children really well if we can step back and just get over, like you were talking about, our own story, and then look at what's going on. Because I truly believe, like I said before, that we can, if we know the pieces of the puzzle, we can put things back together. And that repair work can always be done. And so I just really encourage parents to just, you know, not buy into that comparison with other kids and other parents and the job they've done. Just realise that we're all on a different learning curve. Parenting is hard work. You've had your experiences with your older boy and now you'll be at a different position in this pregnancy. And so if we can just let go of that judgment, and that's something that I really try and bring to the table because I don't assume to know what's right for any woman with how she births her baby, whether she breastfeeds or not, any of those decisions, because we all have different references. But what I want to drill home is, Melissa, is the decisions we make have a cumulative effect. And sometimes we don't appreciate that. So if I can be that voice of reason in the background that says, hey, absolutely, look at all of your options. And now let me just tell you how they piece together and what that may look like and how it may tax your child. So when you and I are talking about all these ideal things to look at our hormones, to look at our bowels, to look at all those things before we get pregnant. For some people who are new on this journey that might be like, oh yeah, and it is a luxury. In this Western world, it's, it's a privilege that we have the option to really look at our health. And I don't take that for granted and nor my role in guiding couples. But my point is, the more we do that, the more we pause and consider our health and how often we're using medication and taking that Band-Aid approach, then we really invest in our children long-term and we invest in our sanity long-term because none of us want a child who's distressed with eczema, who's not learning well at school, whose brains, you know, are just not integrating the world around them. And so it's not selfish or indulgent to be thinking right now about where you are as a couple and taking the time prior to conception and taking the time in pregnancy to, you know, not just when you've got this enormous belly to rest and start reading, 
this is a journey that begins right from the thought of bringing in a baby. Because again, if I just paint a picture for you, Melissa, most women or most couples, okay, so for the last few decades, we've been eating food that's so nutrient deprived because of our soil, the Western diet that we have that's highly inflammatory. There's all the toxins that we've dumped into our soil in our air and in our water and all of those things that we take into our body. Then there's all the different antibiotics that most people have had. So already our body is deficient. Now we're starting to really tax our gut and our immune system. Antibiotics, the hand sanitizers, the antimicrobials, we all seem to lean towards disrupts that gut again. And then a lot of women have been on the birth control pill for easily 10 years, which depletes us of all sorts of vitamins and minerals and those essential things that help us handle stress and help our cells replicate properly. And then we may have had a period in our life where we partied really hard. We've had the drugs, the alcohol, all of those things. And then a lot of us are just so stressed. And so by the time this couple get ready to have a baby, already their bodies are depleted. And then we're expecting that woman's body to be able to create this thriving baby and the decisions we make in pregnancy can skew that even more. And so back to my point of it's just so imperative to think about where you're at now and how do you need to start reframing your health framework and how will it serve your family? So as an example, for the men who might have hurt themselves in the gym and they tend to do it fairly often because they don't get there as much as they want and they're in the habit of popping a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, that affects their sperm. And if we don't have enough good health prior to pregnancy, then when we get pregnant, we can be in the habit of, oh, I've got a cold or I've got an infection, I'll take antibiotics. Or I'll just follow on with whatever my GP may suggest and we don't look into those decisions. And all of them have that accumulative effect. So if I give you one more example before we talk about pregnancy, but when we look, Melissa, at kids who are on the spectrum, so autistic children or children who have a behavioural disorder, there are certain things that are off balance. And so their detox organs are really loaded The gut and that gut wall is very leaky. They're highly inflamed. They have brain inflammation. They're deficient in certain things. So part of my role is to remind couples when we live that Western lifestyle and do all of those things, we need to build ourselves back up and work on those deficiencies. The reason that it's also important to reconsider just popping a pill and putting on potions and all of those things is they deplete the body of a particular antioxidant called glutathione. And if this is a pearl I can give people today to just start reading about glutathione. I have blogs, you can get it in certain foods, you could take a great supplement. But the beauty of glutathione, Melissa, which is probably just one key thing while we're talking about preconception, is learn about glutathione. And the reason is because whenever we take antibiotics, for instance, if it's in pregnancy, There is so much research that links that then with asthma and allergies with our children because we deplete our body of glutathione. And as I said, that's our main antioxidant. So it helps our body to work well and fight off free radicals and all the baddies. But what it also does, when we get really deficient in glutathione, 
So from every different type of medication we've had, from the birth control pill, from all of these toxins in our life, not only do we get that oxidative stress that can damage cells and the way those cells replicate in our pregnancy, but we deplete glutathione. And Melissa, why that's important is it fuels brain development. So when our babies are growing in the womb, they need that. It protects the brain from any other toxins then that they are have come into their life. So when we look at those kids who are compromised with autism and, you know, on the spectrum, they're very, very low in glutathione. So that's really what I love about the work that I'm doing these days is looking at what's happening for kids and well before we're even pregnant to be considering what do we do to move out of the fear of having a child who's on the spectrum or has allergies because a lot of couples are nervous about that and get empowered and problem solve and think about it. And so that's, in essence, a lot to do with preconception. And then pregnancy is different again. I've had Dr. Afruz Demiri on the podcast, and she has a program called Trimester Zero. And it's all about getting the body, both the partner and the woman, ready for conception. And she says that Unless you're pregnant, everyone's in trimester zero because there's those oops babies that you're not maybe planning and maybe even if you are on the pill or I know people that have fallen pregnant on the pill. So she says that every woman needs to act like they are in trimester zero. And I'll link to the episode with her in the show notes because it's such a great episode. But every woman needs to think whether you think children might be five or 10 years away for you doesn't matter. Like now is when we need to get empowered. Now is when we need to look at our own health and get healthy and happy for ourselves so that we are just at peak health and thriving. And then when two people come together that feel really good and healthy, that's when you're going to create a really beautiful, healthy baby. And I want to talk about that. Most people really want a happy, healthy, calm, peaceful, well-adjusted baby. So what are some things that we can do during pregnancy to make that our reality, to manifest that? Yeah, absolutely. And because we are an incubator, the host is everything. So it's really contemplating how do we keep our mental health really strong and stay happy, like you said. And One thing with that, a lot of the millennials now having bubbers, Melissa, they do struggle with mental health. And so learning and getting empowered about how do we take the reins back there and how do we give our body what it needs so that chemically, it's not just about chemical balance in the brain. That's kind of that old school thinking. It's very much related to our gut health. And Kelly Brogan, a lot of your listeners have probably heard of her. She's been on the show. Yeah. And so again, it just comes back to the body. Symptoms are a sign. And so if you're struggling mentally to think about, okay, how do I boost my mental health? How do I get my gut strong? Which will then inevitably then play out in us feeling better. And so when we're pregnant, like I said, being a great host is everything. And so I would really, really consider things like minimizing all of those toxins. Everything that you put on your skin, that you breathe in, that you consume passes through to our babies. We used to have that myth that the placental barrier was everything. 
and yet it's nowhere near as protective as we once thought. And so it's incredibly important that we start learning and upskilling because we'll need this vital information once our babies are born and we're raising healthy, robust kids. So how do you minimise those toxins? How do you have a clean lifestyle? How do you get your stress under control? Because for a lot of people, they think, oh, well, I'll be fine once I stop work later in my pregnancy, once I've had my baby. And stress is something that can gnaw away at our gut wall. It can just drive cortisol up and that affects our babies. It really, really does. They used to use different drugs that were based in cortisol for babies who were born premature to make sure that they would then get that last bit of organ development to be ready for birth. And when they look at those babies, they have a lot of challenges later in life with heart disease, with anxiety, with all of those learning disorders and things. So my point in bringing that up is stress can have those outcomes. So listening to good stuff like you were putting out there all the time, reading great books, meditating, breath exercises, all of those things. But I think it's also, Melissa, if we see it as our role to right there and then through preconception and pregnancy to be an advocate for our child because that's what we're going to be for the rest of their life. And for me, that really involves setting up a health framework for your family and gathering into your tribe inspiring health practitioners who take that holistic approach to health. So for us, yes, that includes chiropractic care, Chinese medicine, a great naturopath, a homeopath, and you'll call on them at different times. And you don't have to have all the answers is really the underlying point there because people might listen to this and go, well, I don't have your knowledge, Jen, or your knowledge, Melissa. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be resourceful in setting ourselves up with a great network. And that also means proactive parents too in your community. So one of the things with that, Melissa, is considering as a host during pregnancy that inflammation is such a big thing these days. And so that means learning about diets that lower inflammation, so getting off the Western foods. And you've probably had lots of people talking about this, all the grains, all the processed foods, all of those things because they drive up inflammation in the body. And if that woman already has a leaky gut, Melissa, if she's already got lots of inflammation in her body, that then plays and can play a role in brain inflammation in children. How would someone know if they have, obviously, there's the physical on the outside symptoms of inflammation like eczema. Eczema is inflammation, arthritis, inflammation. But what if someone, asthma, what if someone doesn't have anything physically that they can see, but they know that yeah, maybe there is a little bit of inflammation, but how would they know? And you could look at it in different parts of the body. For me, a big first one is if they get bloating with eating food and tummy aches, irritability in the bowel, constipation, if they have achiness in their joints, they do a good workout, but then they're sore for just too long. And if they feel like their health is really average, I would suggest that they're probably inflamed and they could look at their diet. How much do they lean on grains? How much of that then is genetically modified grains and all of those types of things? So if they haven't done a detox before 
that's a great thing to do too. So you can do it before becoming pregnant. But if you're pregnant and you're thinking, okay, I'm listening to this, I'm pregnant, Jen, I haven't done a detox, what do I do? One of the first things I would focus on is actually getting the gut wall right. So redesigning your diet, looking at how to heal a leaky gut wall. I've got blogs on it. Lots of people have great information for how we can do that. And once you get your gut wall strong and it's meshed together, and we're not going to have that inflammatory process going through the gut wall and causing systemic inflammation, then you can start doing gentle detoxing even when you're pregnant, but not a specific program, just eating foods that are chelators, which is the particular foods that drag toxins out of the body. A lot of your omega-3 foods take toxins from the body, your fermented foods, a lot of those things. So no matter where you're at, there are still solutions. There are still things we can do to be proactive. One of the things that I think is important, Melissa, that is unique to what I really want to share is just in regards to our child's microbiome. So when we look at the research, there's two main causes that they suggest contribute to in our population, people having things like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, diabetes, and cancer, a lot of those chronic kind of illnesses that we're seeing show up today. And the research in a lot of the medical journals is talking about that the two main drivers for those things are how we're born and whether we're breastfed or not. And I always like to come back to research because the way women are, we tend to think we're judging each other. She's all pro-natural birth and against cesarean or she's all for breastfeeding. And we try and put each other in a binary box. I've had five very, very different birth experiences. I've worked with lots of couples. I know births are unpredictable. I don't assume, like I said, to know what type of birth is right for another woman. It's important, though, that we get really grounded in the research of what birth is all about and how does it serve our children. So if you can move towards a physiological birth, which is very different to a vaginal birth, where you may be in a hospital and your baby's born vaginally, but you've had all sorts of drugs and intervention as well. A physiological birth is one that starts on its own, so your baby initiates when they're born. And all of that hormone release then gets the process going in its natural due course. So when we go to the research and they talk about what creates these chronic illnesses, how our babies are born and whether they're breastfed or not, the reason that's important is because it all comes back to the microbiome. And it's the buzzword we've heard a lot about the last few years. But why it's important is because when babies come through the birth canal, they are exposed to all sorts of beautiful bacteria that are enhanced and changed specifically in those last few weeks of pregnancy. And they seep into our baby's eyes and their mouth and their nose and their skin. And then that baby is brought up onto our mother's chest and they get more exposure to her bacteria. That's the first seeding of the microbiome. So the microbiome, as most of you are aware, is that amazing bacterial network that sets up our immune system and our digestion and ultimately our health. When babies are born through the abdomen with a cesarean, whether it's planned or it was unexpected, those babies aren't exposed to that bacteria they would have if they came through the birth canal. And they're often taken away unless you have it in your birth plan and specify what you want to make different about your birth. And they're exposed to hospital bacteria right from the get-go. Isn't there like a lot of staff in hospitals? I actually got staff from a hospital once. It's more common than we think. 
So that's why it's really important to have a chapter in Well-Adjusted Babies about birth plans and things because, again, we don't know what's going to happen. But if we do end up having a caesarean, there's a strategy there of what we can try and put in place for that baby to be brought up to the chest still. I have blogs on microseeding in that if you do need to have a caesarean birth, there's now approaches we can take where there's different cloth of, in, in a sense, that they pop into the woman's vagina when she's having her caesarean birth. And certain hospitals are endorsing this now. And they will then wipe the baby with her bacteria. So there's always solutions. But the other benefit of a baby coming through the birth canal is that it puts pressure on their brain, which stimulates their respiratory centres. It puts pressure on their chest, again, which facilitates their breathing. And when they have that straightforward physiological birth, there's a release of oxytocin, Melissa, which then helps breastfeeding to just be far more easy. And that's the second seeding of the microbiome is what we get, all that goodness in the breast milk. So, again, I bring this up because I'm tired of the women trying to put each other in boxes and what type of birth they should have and what type of obstetrician they should have. If we take the conversation to another level and pause and think, how am I planning for this birth? What are the long-term implications? And how can I look at all the smorgasbord of options and what's going to serve us best? And I think that's incredibly important. What I want to add to that is some people might wonder then about why I consider chiropractic a secret weapon during pregnancy. And the reason for that is because we can have been a ballerina, a runner, we've had different physical traumas, all of those things, and that affects our posture in pregnancy. And very often I have seen pregnant women who have all sorts of constraint in their abdominal muscles. We want our babies to be able to move freely in the womb, particularly in that last trimester, because they learn through movement. It fires up their brainstem. Again, when we look at kids who are on the spectrum, one of the contributing factors is constraint in the womb. So one of the reasons it's imperative to make sure that your pelvis sits evenly, that the joints are moving well, that the belly can beautifully fall forward, is that our babies move in the womb. So they're learning. Another important thing is those adjustments will help that baby move down into the birth canal prior to birth. And we want that head to put pressure onto the cervix so that the labour starts itself so that it's more straightforward. So chiropractic can help facilitate that. And it also, back to what we were talking about before, Melissa, if we're investing in our health by seeing a chiropractor and getting on Chinese herbs and having acupuncture and all those great things, wholesome, clean diet, we're investing in our health and we're less likely to need drugs during pregnancy. The antibiotics, the painkillers, all of those things that we talked about compromise glutathione. And so chiropractic can help, as can other allied health practitioners, to not have the aches and pains in pregnancy, but it helps support a physiological birth, which is incredibly important when we think about the long-term health of our babies and our children. And births can have trauma, forceps sometimes are needed, von Tuss, all of those things. And again, finding a chiropractor who's really skilled with babies can make the massive, massive difference when you're trying to breastfeed your baby, but they have a sore neck and they don't want to turn their head one way. So again, back to the point of for parents to set up a health framework, find highly recommended practitioners 
It's like hairdressers. There are some great hairdressers. There are some not, masseurs. Find a chiropractor who's recommended. Find a Chinese med practitioner who people love. That same whole process. So in my birth team, I have an incredible chiropractor that I see every two weeks. I've got an incredible osteo that I see once a month. And then he wants to see me more regularly toward the end of my pregnancy. I see my acupuncturist every two weeks. I've also got a masseuse that comes and does very light massage when I feel like it. I've only had it once. To be honest, my body feels really good. I don't feel stiff or sore or anything. So I love your emphasis on having a little birth team or tribe and investing in yourself and your baby. I don't spend money on alcohol. I don't spend money on nights out, partying. I don't really buy new clothes. My money goes to my health. And so that's an area where I prioritize and where I am happy investing money in. And I think it's really interesting to see where your priorities are, where your values are, and look at that. If that's something that you want to do, investing in your health, it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself and for your baby. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great ethos to carry with you as you have your babies because Sometimes I think people feel conflicted. I see it all the time at the supermarket, you know, mums who've got their kids there and they're throwing in all of these junk items into the trolley and those foods aren't cheap. And they've got the soft drink and they've got the magazines and they've got all of these things. My hope is that more parents realise that if we can get our values in an order that helps to make our children thrive with their health and be able to then prioritise organic food when we can and seeing different practitioners and just creating a simplicity, that old school approach to health that we seem to have sort of all lost our way with a lot of the time. And we don't need the high processed, high junk foods and the latest technology and all of those things when our children are struggling so much today. If we can Mm. just come back to some of those simple approaches to health you know, it's a big mind change and it's so pivotal for our children. Absolutely. Let's pretend you have a magic wand now and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. Now, besides your amazing books, they should all be part of the curriculum. I'm not joking. They're incredible. And the younger that people get this information, the better. So, If you could put one book besides yours in the curriculum, what would it be? I think for young people, probably Peter Kelly's Earth is Hiring. How good is it? Yeah, I think she just has a way of really tapping into the capacity that we all have, but particularly younger people and getting in the flow and using our unique gifts. And I think that's where we find our greatest joy. I was going to say, she's been on the podcast twice and I'll link to both of those episodes in the show notes and her books as well. They're incredible and she's got such a way with words. Yeah, she is amazing. And also, I know you had Zach Bush on not that long ago and I think that my son actually sent me one of his podcasts on the Lifestyle Farmist or something like that and 
three-hour podcast, and I'd listened a lot to Zach this year, but that particular podcast, and I just think he also speaks to the younger generation who are looking for solutions because our planet is in crisis, not necessarily the climate change conversation, but he just makes it tangible of healing our soil, healing the communication between ourselves. And so I think he's great for young people and also for us as parents who are looking for a way forward with everything that's happening in the world. Podcasts or Peter Kelly's books and courses, yeah, amazing. Let's talk about your day and I want to hear about your morning routine and some of your rituals and health habits that really set you up for success. Can you kind of talk us through what you do and any rituals you have? Yep. I think one thing that's been a non-negotiable for me with so many little kids as well, and I've kept it up, six out of seven mornings a week, I'm up well before they are. And I really love having that time where it's quiet. And at different times, depending on their age, it might've been that I did some form of exercise or weights or things that might've been hard when they were around. Most often though, the first thing that I will do is I'll get up and I'll read something inspiring or I'll listen to something or I'll meditate or I'll pray. And it just gets me centered. It gives me a compass for the day to be a better version of me. And the days where I miss that, if I'd had something on late the night before and I think, oh, I'll just get up when they do, I think I fall short. It's worth it. You know, for all the parents listening who've got young kids and they want to put them on eBay and they're tearing their hair out, if we go back to that principle of just making some space and time for us, things fall into place, as you know. Absolutely. That's the start of the day is making that time for myself. And then from there, I love that I can predominantly be at home these days and I'm there when there's that sort of chaos in the morning. But as an observer, because I think part of raising a well-adjusted family is really empowering our kids as well with practical life skills. So, you know, teaching them to ask questions all the time about their health is really important so that they're a critical thinker when teachers say things and there's the old school thinking about the food paradigm and you're constantly empowering them about what they're eating, decisions they're making, why our family does things. So having those conversations with meals But then also part of it is empowering them and preserving ourselves. So from the youngest of age, I would always get them to cook with me. And it would, yes, entertain them, but it would set them up with that life skill. And they're amazing cooks now. And also getting them, we have a roster of all the different chores and household things because it's important they know what it takes to run a family and a household. And so that's really important. So I get to observe that. And I think, Melissa, it makes space for me to live congruent with my values too in our family if I'm the person sort of driving the household because I can work from home predominantly, but I do all of that then I compromise myself. And Mm. I think there's a lot of women who fall into that and they pander to their children and their kids don't learn a lot of those life skills of how to manage money and how to do all of those things. And kids want to do well. They want all of those responsibilities. And so I think it's about remembering that we need to be living a goal-driven life as well. And we can set up a structure that honours that with our partners, with our children and it works. So particularly if we take that time first thing in the morning to allow the quiet for the strategy and those things to come up for us, 
on how to do it. But I think another thing, Melissa, too, is sometimes in the morning I would read communication strategy books or parenting books or they'll be about different things. And I think that, again, goes back to the topic we were talking about before is you don't have to have all the answers. Mm. And not many of us as children uh, learn how to have a great thriving relationship and I know that's something you talk a lot about. We're not taught how to be awesome parents and how to communicate. And, yes, that's a part of communication is imperative in a relationship, but with our children then to teach them from a young age how to communicate. One of the best books I've ever read around parenting is Thomas Gordon's Parent Effectiveness Training, which has been out for years. And I read it, I've done the course three times because it really taught our boys from a young age about win-win strategies. So if they were having conflict, a lot of the time what parents want to do is they take the ball and they run with it and they solve the problem. The child's got an issue with the teacher, they solve the problem. And a win-win strategy is where they look at what the different outcomes can be and how can it be a win for both of them. It's very much on active listening. And, Melissa, it's served us so well. When you teach your kids those things from a young age, when there's conflict, when they're teenagers, if they can lean on really good communication strategies and they feel safe to bring up what's going on for them to you and your partner, then they're not hiding. They're not trying to do things behind your back. They know you're a great sounding board that they can talk about all of those things. So it all has that spiral effect. If you make time for yourself to be the best version of you, it features then in all those different pieces of the pie of being a parent. Absolutely. I'm going to check out that book and I'll link to it in the show notes, but I've not read that one, which is very exciting. Okay. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. What is one thing that we can all do today for our health? I would say if you're not getting adjusted, find a good chiropractor. And the reason being is it's like a safety pin. The brain and the nervous system control all the functions in the body. And if that safety pin's open, it's very hard for those nerve messages to coordinate your cycle or your digestion. So finding a good chiropractor and getting adjusted is integral to raising a healthy family. Absolutely. What is one thing we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Constantly listening to stuff. Like we said, making time in your day to just listen to amazing people and a diversity in that because there's different chapters in our life where things will resonate and it all comes from investing in in ourselves initially. Absolutely. And what's one thing we can do for more love in our life? Do you know what, Melissa? I know I shared at the start about my life and I've spent a lot of time doing meditation and Joe Dispenza's five-day seminars and breath techniques and all of those things. But maybe if I leave people with this thought that there's different layers to it. So for me, personal development has been a big part of my life and it got to a point where I felt like I was forcing it and it was a grind because I had a lot of stress going on in my life. And to answer your question on, you know, how do we get more love? Sometimes it's about asking for help. And for me, that came by not becoming religious, but by making space for a relationship with God, which was very different to my relationship with the universe. I still talk about the universe, yet I think I've found more love and peace by having a better relationship with God, whatever that looks like for different people. I'm not a religious person. And yet, 
2020 has been so stressful for a lot of us. And I think the greatest sense of peace I've had is actually reconnecting to God and not feeling like I'm forcing, feeling like I have that support. That was just another layer for me from the universe. So I think that's been integral. And I think this year, if we're not all searching for something to find that peace, then maybe we've got a lot of blinkers on. Absolutely. Jen, this has been amazing. Your work is amazing. You help and serve so many people around the world with everything that you do. I want to know how I and the listeners can serve you. How can we give back to you today? That's a good question, isn't it? (laughs) Probably to go to the website, which is welladjusted.co and subscribe there because as you guys know, it's an age of censorship and I'm mostly on Instagram, but even that's being censored these days. And I would just love to stay in contact with people in regards to everything that's happening and what compromises our families. So yeah, I guess subscribe to the website, have a look at all the products. I feel blessed that so many mums share what it is that I do. So I'm very grateful for that too. And I want to add something, go and read Well-Adjusted Babies. It is a brilliant book and I highly recommend it to everyone listening. I recommend it to all of my girlfriends and everyone who is pregnant. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Also ticklish, Melissa, just... Yes. So ticklish is another book I wrote that's all about developmental milestones and what parents can do once they've had their baby to keep them thriving. And it's a great conversation starter if you have a a nephew who's got autism or something like that to say, here's a great book that might be of interest to you because sometimes we don't want to look at what might be going on for our child. So well-adjusted babies and ticklish, I I find people really love that it's just a gentle conversation. Yeah, absolutely. They're incredible books. Thank you so much for writing them and birthing them into the world, along with everything else that you have created. And for this beautiful conversation, thank you so much for all of your wisdom, for all the work that you do, for being a voice, for being a trailblazer, and for sharing everything that you do and for taking the time for us today. It's been an honour. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, gorgeous. Don't forget to head to comparisonitis.com to get your copy of my latest book and all the free goodies that go with it. I cannot wait for you to read it and to hear what you think. Just like Jennifer's incredible book, Well-Adjusted Babies, which I highly recommend everyone go and read, I got so much out of that book and I did with this episode as well. So if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a review on your Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty awesome. And now speaking of review of the week, I want to read this week's review of the week, and it is a five-star review titled, How I've Missed This. And it is from Kim Solzman. And she says, I have followed Melissa for years and was always an avid listener of her podcast. After getting busy with life, however, I took an unconscious break from podcasts for a while, and boy, did I feel a difference. Melissa and the education she provides through her epic podcast is not simply just good listening, but an integral part of mine and I believe everyone's self-care practice. She's inspired such incredible positive changes in all areas of my life 
and having her back in my ears is like having my best friend back. Thank you, Melissa, for all the incredible jewels of wisdom you provide on a weekly basis. It really is so much appreciated. And bonus, I get to catch up with a new episode every day. Thank you so much, Kim, for that beautiful review. I am so grateful for your kind words, and I'm so glad that you're back listening. So welcome. And as a little thank you, I want to gift you one of my top four favorite products. And this week, it is a pack from Hydrogen Health. All you have to do is email hello at melissaambrosini.com with your address, and we will send that out to you. And don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I absolutely love reading what you get from each episode, so please come and share them with me. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please be an angel and share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them. Do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.